Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hey, thanks for joining me today on the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and I will be your host today. We're going to be getting away from some of the really in-depth technical information we've been covering over the last three weeks, which has been a lot of fun for me, but that's not everybody's cup of tea. So today we're going back into the clinical application of light and laser therapy and talking specifically about how to approach Bell's palsy in clinic. If you've been in practice for any amount of time, you've seen Bell's palsy uh, in practice. You've maybe even uh, been the point of contact for somebody with an onset of Bell's palsy and even sent them off to the hospital to make sure that we didn't have a stroke. So Bell's palsy, if you've seen this before, you know it's a uh, partial or nearly complete paralysis of one side of the face. So the facial nerve is affected, which means this goes from uh, just forward of the ear straight to midline on the face, pretty sharply demarcated zone of weakness. Uh, You'll see drooping of the eyelid, uh, inability to close the eye completely, uh, some drooling sometimes out of that same side of the mouth, and inability to smile uh, completely on that side. It does. It looks a lot like stroke, but there's there's no other um, unilateral problems with the rest of the muscles of the body. This is all really just uh, focused on the face and the facial nerve itself. Typically does not include any pain, but can include some difficulty with chewing, swallowing. Uh, Again, closing the eye for sure can be a problem. Uh, A lot of times Bell's palsy is self-limiting. In many cases, uh, it completely resolves on its own without any real attention. Medications have been used in the past, and some of the recommendations currently still will state antiviral medications as well as corticosteroids can be prescribed to limit the amount of irritation on the nerve. But there's not real solid evidence behind those, and use of corticosteroids can be contraindicated, especially for diabetic patients. We're going to talk about that a little more specifically today, but I'm going to be referring back to a study from the Journal of Lasers and Medical Sciences. The title is The Efficacy of Low-Level Laser Therapy in the Treatment of Bell's Palsy in Diabetic Patients. This was just published this year, June of 2020, and it's quite interesting because what they did is they took 30 cases with really poorly controlled type 2 diabetes, and they also had Bell's palsy, they applied a series of 12 laser therapy treatments and saw a very, very good recovery. And, I mean, we've already done an episode on the podcast here on Bell's palsy on what was, frankly, a better study than this one because this one is not sham controlled. However, I thought this was really interesting because this makes the connection between diabetic mononeuropathies and the potential for Bell's palsy episodes to be linked to type 2 diabetics and this diabetic mononeuropathy. As a matter of fact, the authors say that Bell's palsy may be the first manifestation of diabetes. could be the very first symptom that uh, people even have. So something to think about when you're addressing a case of Bell's palsy in clinic is when was the last blood work taken? Do we have blood glucose, fasting blood glucose numbers? And do we have the H1C or the hemoglobin A1C? Because 
this could be our first heads up that the patient is having issues controlling sugars. They may not have the diabetic retinopathy going on, or not detected at least. They may not have the classic stocking and glove uh, numbness paresthesia that goes along with type 2 diabetic neuropathy. But this right here, an episode of Bell's palsy, could actually be an indicator for the patient having uh, early onset uh, diabetes. So again, they, did, they took these patients, they did a series of 12 laser therapy sessions, uh, three times a week for four weeks is what they did. They used a, uh, a low power laser at 100 hertz, and they did a dose of about 16 joules per centimeter square, which is a fairly high dose, but again, with a very low power laser, very, very small spot size. Uh, they go on to say that following the therapy delivery, at the three-month follow-up mark, they had complete recovery in 18 of the 30 patients and then partial recovery in six of the patients. They also say that uh, there, were, there was no symptoms of recurrence in any of the patients, and um, they tested the patients not only visually, just, just from a sense of what the patient's uh, facial symmetry was like, but also they tested on the NCVs and EMGs to test for muscle activity itself. So what you can take from this is that laser therapy can be very effective for attacks of Bell's palsy, even in patients who are diabetic. And you should keep an eye on these comorbidities or potential causes for an episode of Bell's palsy when you're in clinical practice, just in general. If someone comes in, they had Bell's palsy maybe three months ago, they've recovered totally fine on their own, they just happen to mention it as part of their intake, Go ahead and say, when's the last time you had blood work? Do you know what your sugars are? What about your hemoglobin A1C? Do we know what those levels are? Because we should be checking that to make sure that we don't have an undiagnosed diabetic condition because that will affect many, many things. The earlier you can catch a diabetic in that early process, the more likely you're going to be able to help that patient control the process through diet and exercise and head off some of the longer term uh, consequences of diabetes like diabetic retinopathy and uh, polyneuropathy. This study, they also mentioned that, look, Bell's palsy patients that are older age or that have hypertension um, uh, or complete facial weakness where they cannot move that side of the face at all, those folks are going to be at higher risk of not resolving. So really, you need to do something to help those patients. And the authors say that one of the best things about laser therapy is that there's no side effects, um, and conventional treatments like corticosteroids definitely have various adverse side effects, especially in patients with diabetes. So just quick recap, use laser with your, with your Bell's palsy patients. Make sure that you are getting blood work on them to make sure you're ruling out diabetes and other health conditions. Realize that between all the different studies we have, there's plenty of evidence that laser is very helpful for Bell's palsy. Even if people are early on, you don't want to wait and just see if they get better because their chances of getting better go down the further out from onset you go. So the sooner you can jump on the, on the case and get uh, laser delivered, the better. Matter of fact, go back to what our earlier Bell's palsy episode. We'll put a link in the show notes. Check that one out because that was a very, very excellent, very clear study, very clear recommendations. And this was a good study too. I don't want to be hard on this study. It's very interesting the link they cut between uh, diabetic and, uh, and Bell's palsy. But there's plenty of evidence that this works. As a matter of fact, 
there are more than 380 studies that have been published in 2020 uh, so far this year, uh, and it's I'm recording this here at the end of October. So that is a lot of new studies, new information that for the majority of those studies, they're showing positive outcomes on multiple different conditions by utilizing laser therapy. So when next time we hear that, well, laser therapy is not proven, or well, it's just too new, or there's no studies that show what, well, the likelihood is we have excellent evidence. If you're curious about a particular condition, or you want to see us do a podcast episode on a certain study or a certain topic, please shoot me an email, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. I'd be happy to get on that project and get a podcast episode recorded for you so you can learn more about that one. Also, if you enjoy these podcasts, please go ahead, scroll down, leave us a review. That would be super, super helpful. Helps other people find the podcast and gives us some feedback as far as how we're doing. I appreciate you being here with us this week, and I'll look forward to talking to you next time. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.